This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man to my whatever side he's on is Scott Chasing of Fog.net. I put him in a box this season. I'm not letting him out. Well, we're practicing social distancing. Not so much anyone who was at the Baylor-Kansas game in Waco. Let, let me reenact the Baylor student section. Me and the person next to me, <laughs> no mask to be found. It's okay. That's perfect. Everything's fine in Waco. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page this year. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat and fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Fitz, K-State was down three touchdowns late in the third quarter at Oklahoma. So how did they rally to beat the third-ranked Sooners 38-35? I have no idea. Back to you. Look, I, I really can't explain it. Uh, what was the stat that um, teams were 101 and 545 uh, went down three touchdowns to a top-five program? And now this was the second win since like 2008. K-State was not very good for the first half, but they stayed in the game with Oklahoma. And then they came out in the second half with kind of a reinvented game plan. It looked like to me they started to stretch the boundaries with the running game. They started to sneak running backs up the seams, as you saw Deuce Vaughn there. It's uh, a much different attack in the second half. And all of a sudden the defense started playing much more inspired too. Um, this was just a really fun game to watch for Kansas State as they came back, leaning on the backs of two true freshman running backs. Of course, Deuce Vaughn is going to be a headline grabber for many years, and Keon Mosey out of the Kansas City area also caught a long pass and is another really fun player coming up for Kansas State. But really, this game was about defense, forcing turnovers against Oklahoma, three interceptions for Spencer Rattler, the highly touted quarterback and then another fumble and then uh, Deuce Vaughn going to work with Skylar Thompson really hitting all the right buttons for the last uh, it was really the last 18 minutes of a 60 minute game Thompson ran for three touchdowns scored another touchdown as uh, the special teams even came through with a block punt it was absolutely incredible to watch everything fall in place for Kansas State after seeing how poorly they played against Arkansas State and really how uninspired they looked in the first half of this game, although they were able to keep it within striking distance, which is the greatest lesson of all. If you're the better team like Oklahoma was apparently, maybe, 
you better put the team away that you're playing because they didn't. K-State came back, and now they have beaten Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma Sooners two years in a row. Scott, Chris Kleiman's unbeaten against Lincoln Riley. <laughs> well, look, Link Lincoln Riley is a very good coach. I think anyone who watched this game saw Chris Kleiman out coach him, especially down the stretch. You mentioned the defense. That defensive line was so disruptive, causing all sorts of problems late in the game. And I thought Lincoln Riley coached a little bit scared, too, especially in that fourth quarter. All credit to K-State. I actually think, based off how they played in the second half, they deserve to win that game. And you know what? They did. The entire secondary for Kansas State was either new or playing a different position. A.J. Parker played nickelback for the first time in his career. Mm -hmm. It was amazing to watch everything fall in place. And a shout-out to Jerron McPherson, who was a national defensive player of the week this week with just a phenomenal performance against the Sooners. Well, Scott, the Jayhawks started true freshman quarterback Jalen Daniels against the Baylor Bears in a 47-14 loss down in Waco. What did you see from the young QB, and did he ever go into the student section and get exposed to the coronavirus? Uh, well, that was probably uh, the, the one thing he managed to avoid because, it, look, he's a true freshman. You're going to see some good moments. You're going to see a lot of learning moments. Uh, you can call them bad moments. That might be a better way of putting it because, uh, quite frankly, Jalen Daniels took more hits in this game uh, than anyone should ever take playing quarterback, but he's a true freshman. He's trying to figure it out. So uh, early on, he leads a touchdown drive. It was aided uh, by a, a roughing the pass or penalty otherwise they don't get it but you know you, you saw some really brilliant moments you saw him escape a sack there throw a ball that would have been a touchdown but it's dropped by Velton Gardner you saw him unleash a 55 or 60 yard throw downfield that was you know just overthrown for Andrew Parchment but you know that that's kind of the sliding scale if a freshman's highlight is he unleashes a 60 yard throw that's overthrown that's fine if it's a senior uh, you obviously wouldn't be happy. You'd say, hey, hit the guy. He's wide open. You need to make that throw downfield. So uh, th there were some good, there were some bad, but I thought the thing he really needs to learn, um, in addition to just reading the defense, knowing where to place the ball, there were a lot of things to clean up, is not taking hits. He took four sacks. Uh, one of those was the safety that you saw. Now the interior of Kansas's defensive line, particularly the left guard spot, uh, completely blew kind of the, the read on that. And then the running back, Melton Gardner, didn't do a good job of picking up the extra blitzer. So that's not all on him, uh, especially because that play was designed to take a deep shot uh, to, to max protect him and, and give things time to develop downfield. But uh, again, he just got hit over and over and over. Uh, he's not going to stay healthy for long if, if you're taking that many hits. So he'll learn a lot from the performance. If you're grading it on a curve, you saw some flashes. If you're not grading it on a curve, it was a very ugly performance. He had two fumbles that were unforced, two balls that could have been picked on the same drive and another pass uh, later in the game that could have been picked. So some good, a, a little good, I'd say mostly bad, but he's a true freshman playing on the road in his first Big 12 game fits. I think that's what you'd expect. Yeah. How surprised were you that he started? A little bit surprised, but I'll tell you this. If Thomas McVitie wasn't injured and we found out after the game he was unavailable, I think the quarterback plan may have been different. And Les Miles even said uh, they may mix it up next week. They're going to they're gonna look at all their options. So uh, Oklahoma and Iowa State have already lost this season. Texas survived a scare, and Oklahoma State is dealing with a quarterback injury. Fitz says the Big 12 already knocked itself out of the college football playoff conversation. Probably. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this conference develops over the course of the season because, uh, you know, I don't think what's going to happen in the Big 12 is any different than what's going to happen in every conference. There's just going to be chaos at times. Uh, but Oklahoma losing its Big 12 opener certainly sets the conference back on its heels because 
nationally it is the standard bearer. I mean, well, it is in the conference too. Uh, so if Oklahoma takes a step back and isn't as good as what they have been in the past, then that's going to hurt the perception of the conference. Texas looks pretty shoddy against what I think is a pretty mediocre Texas Tech team that comes to Manhattan this weekend. And they had to be gifted a comeback by Texas Tech basically to win that game. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State got the win over West Virginia, but we don't really know what West Virginia is about either. Iowa State somehow won at TCU, uh, and Iowa State isn't impressive. I don't think the conference is very good, Scott, but I don't know that we're going to be able to say that about any other conference. The advantage the SEC will have is they don't play out of conference, so they only get compared to each other, and the Big 12 will have that lingering bad look of losing three games to Sunbelt teams. Yeah, you know, I, I think much of what you said is true. I think, I mean, across the board, I, you're probably going to see conferences struggle. You're probably going to see uh, more teams in the playoff with, um, you're going to see more losses with the teams that do make it to uh, that point. But I will say this, like what I saw from the Texas defense was so completely suspect and, and borderline shocking. What I saw from Texas Tech's defense Fitz, I'm confident you and I could line up there uh, at a couple of positions against Texas Tech. And you know what? We may not put up big totals, but we're going to find the end zone once or twice. You can shake your head all you want. Uh, I'm telling you, when they went up two scores, you know, right at the end of the game, I know end of the game situations are different. They gave up 63 points, by the way, so it was the whole game, not just the end. There was no doubt, like just looking how Sam Ellinger threw the ball, it, there was no doubt Texas, every time they got the ball back, was just going to march straight down the field and score and that's exactly what they did three times in the last like two minutes plus overtime. Man. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, do you expect every Big 12 football program to have at least one game postponed this season? And you see the results. 75% people who responded said yes. Man. Pandemic go. This week's question is this. After one week of conference play, who is the best team in the Big 12? And we stuck with the top three teams for now, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, or the dreaded other. Vote on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Back to the drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. We'll lose at home to Arkansas State, win at Oklahoma. Does the, the first two games of Kansas State's season sum up this football season? And what can we expect from K-State going forward, Fitz? Uh, uh, you know what, Scott, it does for me because it's really about disruption. Uh, this season, all season long for programs, is going to be about uh, players missing because of COVID, because of quarantine uh, rules with possible exposure, and just regular injuries. Players will be coming and going. You're going to have guys thrown into situations that they never expected. 
I didn't expect as a, you know, a third stringer or something to end up as starting in a Big 12 football game. This will happen over and over. I think the final number was K-State was without seven starters, mostly on the defensive side of the ball. So go figure this out. Uh, you know, Justin Gardner with uh, incredible interception. Uh, he hardly even played against Arkansas State. In fact, like I said earlier in the show, the entire secondary was different in terms of uh, players in what positions with A.J. Parker playing the nickelback and John McPherson coming back and Wayne Jones missing most of the game after being injured against Arkansas State and Ross Elder a walk-on playing that uh, safety position and doing an outstanding job. He wasn't available in the opener. Uh, and then uh, two corner start for the first time in their careers. It was absolutely incredible. But this is what this season's going to be about. You have to be resilient. You have to bounce back and you have to find things that work for you. And if that includes featuring a true freshman running back like Deuce Vaughn because you're starting running back, Harry Trotter is also out for COVID, uh, then it just becomes very interesting. It almost has a degree of fun like Christmas morning. Let's see what gifts we find in this game. And some of them might be a tie, uh, not literally like on the score, but like a really disappointing gift because the team doesn't play well, which was Arkansas State. Every team in the country is going to have a COVID outbreak now and then. They're just going to do it. It's just the way this works. And if they're doing it right and following the rules, which is a big question to me, and they're actually quarantined people that might be exposed to the virus to keep your opposing team safe, then a lot of guys will be out at times. Mm -hmm. uh, I question now in hindsight if Arkansas State was as good with the quarantines as they should have been because K-State had a lot of cases afterwards. Mm -hmm. And they had cases on Sunday, which probably meant they were positive on Saturday. It's going to be a weird season. It's just going to be, Scott, it's going to be one of those years where guys will come and go, reappear, and the fans better get used to it because it's going to be a weird ride. Absolutely. Well, Scott, you touched on it in the last segment. Is it time for the Jayhawks to fully embrace the youth movement? Is this season just simply about the future at this point? Well, that's a question I asked Les Miles. It's a question I asked two players yesterday. Not is it solely about the future, but what are you prioritizing more? And, you know, the answer I expected from Les Miles was the one I got. Hey, it's about both. You want to win games, uh, but you also want to develop the youth. You want to develop the team. Uh, the answer I got from Kenny Logan, a sophomore defensive back, he said the exact same thing. But then I asked that question to Puka Williams, and, and what he said actually surprised me. You know, think about who Puka Williams is. He's a junior. Uh, he's going to be off to the NFL most likely after this year. Some draft analysts have him high as a as high as a day two projection, a second or third round running back, despite his smaller size, just because uh, he is so strong for I, I guess his build. He is so shifty, agile. Uh, it seems like he never gets tackled by the first guy. I presented, in theory, the guy who should be the most you know win now player on the team. That question and said quite frankly after after thinking about it that it is about the young guys that it is about growing that it is about developing and you know Puka Williams is extremely competitive he's the type of guy who uh, won't tell you he feels like he played well if the team didn't play well he didn't get a lot of touches this last game he didn't get a ton of touches in the first game now some of that may be due to injury uh, I asked him about that too he said I don't really care everyone on this team uh, should be getting touches uh, He's definitely a guy who wants to win games, but I think he also sees the bigger picture. And I think if, if everyone were as candid as he were, they would probably admit the same thing. This is a KU team that has so much youth. We talked about this last week. They took 25 freshmen. You know, I think they had something in the range of 15 to 20 freshmen and sophomores play uh, on the road at Baylor. That's gonna be a tough situation for anyone. What we're really learning is the teams that are better equipped to handle things right now 
are mostly veteran teams, are mostly teams with veteran and returning quarterbacks. But if you are going to play the young guys, uh, you kind of have to live with not having that same experience in there. You have to live with the bumps and bruises. Kansas is doing that right now. I, I think the purpose is to develop the program. You know, in 1981, Kansas State redshirted all of its seniors. They were true seniors to be, and they redshirted, and they took their lumps in 81, and in 1982, the program went to its first ever bowl game. Mm. This is different. This is the young guys that get to play, but they get to come back next year in their same grade. So mm -hmm. the freshmen playing now will be freshmen next year. Go 0-10. I mean, play, play the guys that you really need to play to, to be competitive, but play those young guys. Let them get experience, and it's almost like free reps. It's yeah. absolutely incredible what this season could mean for a program like Kansas. Yeah, I agree. And now we step out of bounds. Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Brock Purdy of Iowa State certainly wishes his pass went out of bounds Saturday. The Iowa State quarterback was wrapped up by TCU and still tried to throw the ball away uh, in one of the ugliest turnovers you'll ever see. Can you compare anything you've ever seen in football in person before to this? This was unbelievable. Yeah, I can only think of two moments of games I've covered that would even come close to this. Uh, the first was, I believe it was Montel Cozart. I'm sorry if I'm throwing him under the bus and it wasn't, uh, who was trying to spike the ball to set up either a game-tying or game-winning field goal against an FCS opponent week one and fumbled the snap, had to fall on it, and time expired. Uh, the second one was actually a Kansas-Kansas State game. Kansas driving for the win, I want to say down four in Manhattan. Uh, and Peyton Bender, who had a wide open screen, a guy wide open on a screen, who in theory could have took it pretty far, may maybe even gone the distance. And the ball just slipped out of his hands and it was a fumble. I'm pretty sure K-State pounced on it and won. That play by Brock Purdy, who I think is a good quarterback, is one of the most insane plays I've ever seen. I spent a long time yesterday trying to find an interception that was technically a fumble. Uh, that was worse than that. Could not find one. I, that may be the worst interception in the history of football, even if it doesn't count as an interception. Uh, side question, uh, he's an NFL prospect. Does that hurt him? Because I think it does. It, that is a horrendous decision to make as a quarterback. Yeah, it, it's just crazy. I mean, you're getting wrapped up. I, I can't think of a single reason you would even let go of that ball, except the lone exception. You know, it's fourth down in the fourth quarter. You're down by a touchdown, 10 seconds left. Yeah, just throw it up. But, no, that was a wild decision by a, by a veteran quarterback. Crazy. That Matt Campbell magic is real. It really, it, it's incredible. It was it, something. It's fun. Well, that guy appeared out of nowhere like it yeah. was magic to, to pick the pass off of me. So uh, now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question this week is, uh, does the win over Oklahoma cement Skylar Thompson's legacy as a big game winner? That's from Ned in Manhattan. Fitz? How about this stat? Skylar Thompson is the first quarterback in Kansas State history, been some pretty good ones, to have three wins over top ten programs. Of course, two of them being Oklahoma the last two seasons and previously Oklahoma State two of them on the road. So for all the criticism that <laughs> Skyler gets from fans, and sometimes he is not as good as other times, he wasn't particularly good against Arkansas State. The guy does win big games. It's kind of amazing. If he can find more consistency, uh, that will really cement his legacy in K-State fans' eyes. But at the roller coaster, roller coasters, uh, if you're a fan, aren't fun. Yeah, if you're at a roller coaster park, they're a blast. But when it's your quarterback, <laughs> it can be a little maddening. So really for Skylar Thompson, he's mm -hmm. got to find more 
consistency, but boy, he was good in yeah. that second half. One of the most underrated quarterbacks, in my opinion, in the Big 12, maybe mm -hmm. in the country. The Big 12 at times could be a league of overrated quarterbacks, but, but I think he's certainly on the underrated side of things. Yep, I agree. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Predictions are brought to you by Patriots Guns in Manhattan. We are worth the trip guaranteed. And remember to make our, your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's results. The viewers went one and two. I went one and two. And Scott, obviously taking hormones or something to <laughs> up his ability to predict games, went two and one. And he takes the early lead as everyone stinks. Insurmountable lead, I would say. It probably is. <laughs> This week's picks start with Oklahoma minus eight and a half at Iowa State. Scott, will Oklahoma win in Ames by nine or more? It's a lot of points. I will go with the Cyclones. I'm going to go with the officials. I'm <laughs> cheering for the officials in this game. I'll take Oklahoma. Uh, next is Oklahoma State minus 19 and a half at Kansas. Will the Cowboys win by 20 or more? I don't think the Cowboys are very good right now, especially with the quarterback situation, but I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. I'll give Kansas one more shot here. We'll see if they can cover. <laughs> and the, the final game of the week is uh, Texas Tech plus three and a half at K-State. Will the Wildcats win by four or more in Manhattan next Saturday? I say yes. I would take Kansas State minus nine and a half. So yeah. I'm, I'm all in on Kansas State in this matchup. Texas Tech cannot stop anyone. 63 to 56 is a basketball score. It is not a football score. Uh, I guess good for Texas Tech for giving up a whole lot of points. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn is going to have fun. Again, <laughs> make your pick picks on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a Strong Local Community. And let's start with Mr. Scott Jason of Fog.net. Well, I was watching the Chicago Bears game earlier today. Uh, they switched quarterback, Nick, uh, quarterbacks. Nick Foles, I believe, led a comeback. And... You know, it's so interesting because the quarterback position is really unlike anything else in sports. It is completely paramount. You have to have one. You typically like to have a good veteran one. And teams hold on to them, even when they're perfectly mediocre, because they know what the fear of not having a quarterback is. Obviously, the Chiefs will keep Patrick Mahomes forever, and they will enjoy having him forever, even if he regresses. You've seen the opposite for a long time at Kansas. Kansas went with a true freshman over the last decade plus. Carter Stanley, who was fine last year, uh, was undoubtedly the most productive quarterback they've had. That's in a decade plus. Uh, right now, there's a quest for Kansas to identify a quarterback. I don't know if it's Jalen Daniels. I don't know if it isn't. But certainly, you see why they played him early. They want to give him the chance to grow into maybe that quarterback. 
Mike Leach is like that guy in high school who shows up to the party, makes everyone laugh, tells stories, and he's obviously intelligent. Heck, you might sit down and play the piano. And it's all fun and games until he starts scoring all over the place. And that's what he did to LSU. His new Mississippi State program went into LSU and just wreaked havoc, and it was fun to watch. Mm -hmm. That's it for this week's edition. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.